I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Hughes Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Hughes Nation Podcast. All right, what's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you're like me, you might say, well, it's too early to talk about football. And you might be right, but if you're like Joe, uh, you do a podcast. So we're here to talk about the spring game. Uh, We'll go over, I guess, some of what we did offensively. And then we um, we will go over some of the roster stuff and wrap it up um, with that so you know we learned almost nothing if you didn't go there right I mean you got to yeah. you got to get online and, and see what happened and you know you could follow it like that but this was the first year it wasn't streamed you had Hoff Richter he led off scoring he hit a 30 yard field goal and then you had Welch to Ravian Pierce for 15 yard TD and then you had another field goal by Andre. Help me out here. Help me out here. Sismet. Sismet. Okay, there we go. 30, That'd be my guess. 35 yards. And then Chance and me ran for a 10-yard touchdown. Strickland, right after he, after he burst ahead for about 18, he ran it in from short distance. And then you had the moment of the night where Rex Culpepper taking the final series and taking the field and a standing ovation, and then he threw a touchdown pass to Ravian Pierce. So Ravian yeah. Pierce snagging him. He looked good, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, what do you, what do you really learn, though, Joe, other than just having this just be a traditional game and, you know, getting out there and getting these guys some reps early in the spring and kind of having a fan night and stuff? I mean, what do you really learn from it, though, you know? Uh, I don't think you really learn too much. Maybe some depth chart stuff, but usually the plays are, you know, the play calls are pretty vanilla. We went our ones versus our twos, and Babers kind of brought that up because he didn't want you go ones versus ones and you get a a crazy collision play or something happens, then you're down two starters. So that's one of the reasons why he he had the ones go versus uh, the twos and stuff like that. So it's more or less to give the fans, you know, a look at, at what the team is, a little bit of what next year's team is, and some of the up, upcoming um, players that are freshmen and, and newer faces, but also the ones that are going to step up and take some of those uh, players that have left their spots. So, 
I think it's more for the fans and just the visual and getting out there and, you know, getting in the dome and stuff like that. So that was the first time that they've been in the dome this year in the spring. So, yeah. And you know, the dome has been through some changes the past couple of weeks, right? We had mm-hmm. even monster jam was there and, right. you know, so, you know, it, it, getting those piles of dirt out and everything turned it back into a football field. It's amazing. Kind of. Oh yeah. So, you know, we had a couple guys who didn't play. Obviously, Dungey didn't take the field. He was dressed but didn't take the field. Two defensive nope. ends, Kendall Coleman and Brandon Barry didn't take the field. Uh, Tyrell Richards, linebacker, did not take the field. And Sherrod Johnson, wide receiver, didn't take the field to play. So, I mean, what was that? What's, what's up with that? Uh, some, I don't, there's nothing serious. Or, no? Okay. No, no, no nothing serious. Babers, he, he and Babers uh, in the little presser uh, that he had after the spring game, he kind of let everybody know that it was just basically precautionary. Uh, they're going to be fine for the beginning of next uh, like the, the fall practice and stuff. So, I mean, and as far as Dungey goes, he said he's just, he hasn't been a hundred percent and I guess he's had a great spring and we know he's going to be the starter as long as he's healthy. So really unnecessary for him to play, especially with the depth or, you know, Mahoney, he, he's been our backup for the past couple of years. Dungey's never played, you know, a full season without getting injured. So, it's probably better off for for the coach to see what you know Chantamy has and and Welch and and uh, Devito to see who's gonna you know build this this backup in the depth there so that if Dungey does go down we don't got to worry about it and as far as um, Kendall Coleman and Barry it's the same thing Kendall Coleman's projected to be a starter at the end and uh, Brandon Barry is gonna be a rotational guy so these are just guys that they're going to step in Sherrod Johnson. He's been talked about in the spring, but he got a little nicked up last week and they're talking about, he might be able to turn some heads uh, in that um, big old question mark of the receivers positions. But um, again, they're nothing serious. It's the, they'll be back. So, yeah. And what do you think about the um, quarterback situation? I mean, it's like five quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, that's, I mean, you can never have enough quarterbacks <laughs> as far as I look at it. Uh, right. Yeah. And is in in our you know recent future or recent sorry future recent history, we've just had nothing but just quarterbacks get hurt and young freshmen come in who really can't physically take it. You know they played their hearts out, but we got to be able to to build some depth so that we can someone gets nicked up, we can I mean, we can come you know bring somebody in better than a Mahoney. You know he's he came in right. the past couple of years and he did it the best that he could, but right, but these, he did do okay though. Like, I mean, he's just so inconsistent, though. But he started off really strong in that one game. I think he came in. I think it was Georgia Tech last year. Started really no. strong, huh? Wasn't Georgia? I don't Tech? think it was. I don't think it was Georgia Tech. But uh, I mean, he has he has started strong. He's he's played good. But he's also he's very limited. So yeah, he's very limited. Well, right. You know, you've got Dungey. You got Dungey in in Devito are two totally different types of quarterbacks. You got Devito's more of the pocket passer type, and you know Dungey he's just a maniac. So yeah, well from from what I from what I heard yesterday, I mean Devito definitely has the athleticism to to move. He's not a statue quarterback in there. You know he's not going to be. I mean he can definitely get out of the to the other pocket and make some plays, prolong the plays a little bit. Chance of me can is definitely um, an athlete, and he can definitely do things like that. They said. Uh, one of my buddies I talked to said that um, he was one of the more impressive quarterbacks, but a lot of it was just because of the plays that he was making with his feet when plays broke down because he's not quite there yet to make the decision fast enough, but he was still doing okay. So, um, And obviously, I mean, Welch, he didn't play bad. So, But what? the one thing that I did read, though, is um, 
Babers uh, purposely put DeVito up against our number one, uh, our number one defense. So DeVito was playing with the number twos. That's impressive. I mean, what do you th- what do you think about him getting worked in the mix even when Dungey's healthy? You think that's a possibility, or do you uh, do you do you think that he's just going to be a straight backup? Well, I think <laughs> I think that it's just going to be a straight backup. Really? I think. I'm a yeah, I, I do. I think, you know, no, the only thing is, is because they're not really close in in how much time they have. You know, Dungey's a senior; he's right. been running he's this show for a little while. So, yeah, I just don't see. I know, if it was a situation where you had maybe two freshmen or two sophomores, and they both had, you know, one wasn't over the other, and you could do it without, you know, messing up your game plan. In our situation, we go so fast to just sub a quarterback out in the middle of, you know. Or you want it, you know, you're, it's based off momentum as well, and you know, you don't want to just take a quarterback out or switch, you know, switch uh, possessions. So you just really don't want to mess with that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, um, I mean, Devito could be. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. He could be a great player, but I don't really expect to see him in there like that unless Dungey gets hurt. All right. Well, anything else to wrap up? Final thought on the uh, on the game itself or anything like that? Well, just uh, a couple things that I that I saw. Uh, the leading tackler was a redshirt freshman, Eric Coley, actually one of our um, defensive coaches' sons. He was he was uh, kind of that kind of impressed me because I know with the D backs there's a little I mean the, the, you don't know where the depth's going to come from we got a lot of guys back there but we don't know who's going to you know get the possessions get the reps but also um, the running game and uh, Tristan Jackson who although we have to wait a whole year for you know to watch him play um, two out of his three catches he caught the ball and after the catch turned and made a 20 yard plus gain so. Uh, he showed glimpses of the playmaker that he is and why he went to Michigan State from the beginning, um, or he had the talent to go to Michigan State. But he's definitely going to be someone to look forward to. Obviously not this year. It's going to be going to be a, a year, but um, he definitely showed some brilliance. So, and other than that, then just, you know, obviously Culpepper and the way that it ended was just awesome. So, Yeah, well, let's talk about Rex Culpepper. 
he's going to enter another five-day, 25-hour session of chemotherapy on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, he's had a few weeks off, and he looks healthy. And obviously, if you didn't know, I'm sorry, he has um, a very treatable form of testicular cancer. So Yes. And he is... He's doing good, and they think that this next round of chemo should be it, and he should be finished up by June June first and cleared for practice for fall. No, well, I mean, you say very curable, but cancer's still scary, as you oh, know. Ab- so absolutely, um, absolutely, just that word. So I mean, from my from what I read, it said that he was going to have uh, five different cycles of um of chemo, but I don't know if that has changed since then, yeah, but no, I do know he had his first round, uh, two weeks ago and that he is going for his second round. Um, but just, I mean, <laughs> for him to be able to have, you know, the strength and the wherewithal and stuff like that to, uh, to even be able to practice and come in and be able to do that, you know, Babers was talking about not even really letting him play because he didn't want him chance getting him hurt. And now he's going through chemotherapy and he's got a nurse, a sp- uh, torn ACL, you know, that would be just double yeah. trouble, but yeah, absolutely. He, uh, I think that's, but he did let him come in, you know, obviously the last couple of plays and just to have that moment, I think, I mean, it's a good thing. I hope that, um, that everything works out. It's a, definitely a motivational thing. And I just think it's, it could be one of those things where the, the team kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of a motivational factor for the team as it goes. Cause the guy seems like a real likable guy. And, um, Everyone's really cheering for him and rooting for him you know, to get to get better and get back on the field. So hopefully this will be a little motivational factor and, and something for our team to maybe play a little bit harder for. Yeah, absolutely. You can you know overversity, uh, overcoming adversity is always a huge motivator, especially when you're playing for a teammate that's going through something tough like that. You know. Yeah, and you know, and think about it. He's going to be there, whether he's going to be be able to do the workouts or not, he's going to be there in the summer workouts. He's going to be there. I mean, he's look what he's battling through the summer. And if just the, the players from the team can gain any type of strength and motivation from him and work as hard as he's going to work in the, in the summer, then, I mean, you know, that's just, it's one of those things, you know, if I was Rex Culpepper, that's what I would do. I would go in and challenge everybody to, to work as hard as he's going to have to work for the summer to get prepared for the next year. And, and like I said, this could be a real, real positive thing that comes out of uh, out of this for both Rex Culpepper and you know the whole Syracuse football family, you know. So yeah, absolutely, it's, um, motivational for sure. And um, all right, well, going into spring games over, going into summer workouts yeah. and stuff, you know, what do you think? I mean, how's the depth and where are we? Obviously, we've got we're good at the quarterback position. Where else yeah, are we right. good? We're a little thin at wide receiver. Um, Ooh, yeah. So what else? Where are we? Where are we good? What needs work? You definitely hit it with the quarterbacks. I think obviously we're all going to have to wait, hold our breath, hope Eric Dungey doesn't get hurt, and wait <laughs> to kind of see what happens if he does have to get replaced. But I think we're all pretty comfortable with what we have a quarterback in. I don't want to speak for a lot of other people, but between Strickland and Mo Neal. Mark, Mark Kenzie Pierre from last year and some of the running backs we got coming in. I think, you know, if we got to rely on, on Strickland and Mo Neal, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that too. You know, um, obviously running back's one of those positions where anybody can emerge. So you never know if you get, get a guy that, you know, you get a little diamond in the rough, you know, comes in and, and plays better, but <clears throat> I'm okay with Strickland and Neal. I don't know how you felt about him last year. Um, oh, well, obviously I, mean, what I, you loved, think? I loved Strickland last year. I thought he was great. Yeah. And Moniel, I mean, he's a, he's a little guy, but he's shifty. He's a home run hitter. He can make some big plays. Um, yeah, and you he can gotta, catch the, 
you, you got to think, you know, we obviously weren't hitting at full speed yesterday, our last night, and we're just going to have to wait to see. But, you know, as long as they stay healthy, I don't see, especially Mo Neal, I mean, he's going to be, you know, they're both going to improve. They, I mean, what are they, mm-hmm. uh, junior, sophomore? So... Um, yeah, well, um, yeah, that's Strickland. just and they, 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 I think Strickland's a senior. Okay, yeah, and I'm sorry, Strickland's a senior and Moniel's uh, a, a junior. junior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, they, they, they can catch the ball out of the backfield. They're they've proven to be, you know, pretty good running backs in our system. And until we can get depth and find find some people that can get in there and pound the rock like he really wants to, and you know, in between the tackles, then this is the. Kind of what we got to live by right now. So, oh, yeah. but I'm okay with that. And then we talk about you know you you brought up the receivers. That's that's a good question because that's going to be the biggest question mark. And do you know he's he's always pretty confident that someone's going to kind of separate themselves from the group when when something like this comes up. But I mean, when you look at the amount of receptions and even targets that went to Ish and Irv last year, you know the balls they caught and they didn't catch. That's a lot of targets. That's that's going to have to get made up. And I think we saw a little bit with the spring game that um, one person that's going to probably get more targets is Ravion Pierce out of the uh, tight end spot. Um, yeah. He, he, had a, he, he had a decent, yeah, he had a decent year last year. Um, and he, but he didn't get a lot of looks because we had other, other players, other playmakers, and he was still in his first year of learning the system. But this year I expect him to be, uh, I mean, he might be, he might be an NFL uh, tight end, you know, and, and with him being here and, being able to work with uh, Dungey uh, in the offseason, I think he's going to have a great, great year. So he's going to be able to, to help us a little bit with the receiver situation. But, you know, we have the usual suspects that are still here from last year with Riley and, and Devin Butler and Custis. And, you know, we just got to hope that they can either carry the load or, you know, other guys are going to step up. And, and I have a feeling that this could be like from a week, this could be like a week by week basis, even when we get into the to the regular season. I really do. So, yeah, well, obviously we're just, you know, we're, we're here because we can be here to give, to just give our input and put out some content and, you know, talk spring game stuff. There's going to be more, you know, there'll probably be another roster update for basketball and probably, you know, a couple more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the news changes and and you see it and you see it go through. So, I mean, so all in all, go ahead. No, I was just going to say with the receiver thing, I mean, they had, in the beginning of spring practice, they had Antoine Cordy, our you know, starting safety for the past couple of years, albeit he's been injured. They had him trying out over at the slot receivers, so they moved Custis from the outside to the inside. So there's some things that um that I think they're still worried about as far as trying to try to replace, but we have some guys coming in and when we have a big pool of players, so I'm not crazy worried about it it's just the answers haven't haven't been made yet so um it's definitely um a position of concern but only because we don't have the answers yet i i kind of have confidence in the fact that there will be answers uh, when push comes to shove so and then with uh, the offensive line i think it's going to be pretty much right on par with with where we were last year maybe a little bit better because we're getting uh the redshirt senior aaron roberts back who he was supposed to be probably our best lineman who was supposed to be our starter last year and he tore his ACL in the spring. So I think our offensive line will definitely be bigger, faster, stronger, but it shouldn't be better or shouldn't be as, as bad or worse than we were last year. So there definitely should be improvement there. So offensive wise, I think we're going to be looking good other than just basically filling in wide receivers and injuries per usual. 
Defensive wise, I'm fine with our defensive line. Uh, our secondary, it's again, it's one of those situations like our offensive line where because of the depth that we have coming back, we're not going to be. There's no reason why we should be as bad as we've been the past couple of years. We shouldn't be as bad as last year. Um, there should be an improved unit uh, with more depth. And so, really, again, uh, you know, the only other question mark, just like receivers, is is linebackers and uh, who's going to take our three to four seniors. That uh that left last year their spots so um where wide receivers and linebackers to me are the big biggest questions but again um you always want to kind of look for the those players that are going to step up and the younger guys that might be able to come up and be better than than the older guys and um that's happened in the past it's happening less and less because papers is starting to get more of his guys but it can still happen so Still a lot to ha- lot, still a lot to go on, and yeah, uh, with totally. summer workouts and stuff like that, I mean players can get really a lot, a lot more bigger, faster, stronger in an off season like that when that's all they're really concentrating on. So that and techniques. So that's really what we got to look forward to right now, and the fact uh, that we still have three scholarships available. I think one is still being waited on uh, as far as Jawar Jordan, who's a running back out of the Arizona area um, or state of Arizona, I should say, and. Uh, Still waiting for his his classes and to become academically uh, eligible. And uh, I believe there's a defensive lineman out of um, Florida that's kind of the same situation, just waiting for his grades, but where we have a scholarship waiting. And there's a junior college safety, I think Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> uh, yeah, he. I think he actually was at the spring game visiting. And um, I think that's – those are the three that if if – if our coaches could have, they would they would take. But it'll be interesting to kind of see with that. So a couple little things to to, to look out for. But um, definitely, I'm I, like you know me with football. I'm excited. I can't speak for you. Yeah, but. you're you're a little too excited. Hey, I, I am. I get it. I get it. I'm just not with you. I'll get there. I'll get there. Speaking of people visiting, we did have Bryce Golden come and make a visit, and while he was there. He actually, someone came out. I get Corey Evans. I don't know who okay. this. I don't know who this guy is, but he had come out and said uh, that Bryce has narrowed it down to four choices: Syracuse, Butler, Georgetown, and Illinois, uh, yep. per per sources. So, and Bryce Golden, if you don't know, he's the uh, one-time pit commit, and he uh, asked to be released, and essentially became a free agent, basically. So. He's, oh yeah, and and it's since we since our last podcast, actually, there's been obviously more stories, more um, things have been talked about. Pretty much every Syracuse uh, sports site and yeah, writer yeah. has kind of hit on it a little bit. But um, you know, they've put out more more of the videos of him, and apparently, I was all wrong about the guy. I mean, I was right about some of the stuff, but I guess the guy can shoot threes. So that's yeah, he was nailing some. I put I put posted some videos, so some live shots of him just running back, taking a pass, and putting up a quick shot, and he was nailing them. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the type of guy, that's the type of player that will help help spread the floor out a little bit. If you remember, there's a bunch of times last year when we uh, some of our guys Brissett battle, they try to drive, and there's just other teams players just wait in there because. Uh, we got like a player like a Dolce or a Moyer who um, doesn't have the range in the outside. So when they're out there to spread the court, their defenders don't even go with them anyway. So all it really does is clog the middle for our drivers. And having a player with that height and that size that can play the wing and then step out there and shoot a three, you know, obviously like Baisley could. Um, he's not as good as Baisley's going to be, but he's definitely at this 
at this time in the game to possibly have a chance to get a guy like this, it's 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 kind of awesome, and, and it usually doesn't happen that much unless there's something like this where a player gets released because their coach gets fired. So um, it would be crucial and and and, and real good uh, good news, good recruiting news for the yeah. He's 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 for once he's a a force in the paint, something th- with some with some muscle, someone who can really you know push back under under the basket and you know kinda, right kind of miss that. So. I oh, really, yeah. I really hope we get this, dude. I really yeah. do. I, <laughs> you know, the I mean? longer this goes on, the more and more we talk about it, the more and more I want him. Right, yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So, all right. Well, we will. I mean, news breaks. We'll be back. So we'll just let it pile up for yeah. a little bit, and then we'll throw out another episode. Yeah, news breaks. Anything right now? Syracuse lacrosse four to four against North Carolina, in third quarter. It's on ESPNU. Check it out. Yeah, that's right. So in. Uh, Syracuse lacrosse, Ben. You know they. I guess they. They. They what lost against Cornell and then. Um, yeah. But they're six yeah. and they're six and four, six ranked and seventh four, yeah. right now. Is yeah. what I'm seeing. All right, that is it for your spring game episode. Rex Culpepper, Cuse Nation is with you as you start your treatment again next week. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe.